0: Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Joining us today is Stephen Levy, who will be a speaker at ALA's annual conference and expo, that's May 22nd through 25th, at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Stephen is here to give us a preview of his session, Project Management for the Legal Administrator. Welcome to the show, Stephen.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself and your work.
1: All right. I have been managing businesses, leading businesses, and projects and teams on uh, on three continents for about 35 years, and I spent much of that time, more than half of it, at Microsoft, a little company that people might have heard of, mm-hmm. uh, where I worked for quite a while as the Director of Technology and Operations in the legal department. And I have, since leaving Microsoft, which I did about six or seven years ago, I semi-retired and set out to see if I could make the world a little bit of a better place, in a very small way, to the best of my abilities, by helping lawyers and legal teams and legal administrators manage their projects a little bit better. It's something that I saw work fairly poorly over the years. And I've discovered that project management, especially in the professional spaces, is not nearly as hard as people make it. And there is a lot we can learn from traditional project management. Traditional project management doesn't apply by itself, but there's a lot we can learn that we can use to make our lives easier and better and uh, serve our clients better and serve ourselves better as well.
0: Sounds great. So project management is is an essential component of all businesses. Um, What are the particular challenges that legal administrators face in this area?
1: Well, I think they face four particular challenges. Uh, one is resistant lawyers, lawyers who are just resistant, not just to project management, but to legal administrators doing anything that they feel in some inchoate way infringes on their space, their their territory. Uh, number two is that the legal administrators have a low amount uh, of power, both per pers- The lawyers perceive that they don't have a lot of power. They perceive that they don't have a lot of power, and to some extent, that's real. It's not just perception. And I think that that is not always true, and I think administrators have more power in different directions than they may realize they have, but part of it is learning how to exercise that effectively so that you're working in partnership with what the legal team overall needs to achieve. Third is, I think, fairly obvious, lack of knowledge. The administrators don't have a whole lot of knowledge of what they can do as project managers. Uh, some of it they actually may have. They don't know they have. They've learned over the years how to accomplish certain things. I mean, most project management, frankly, is common sense. And I had one client who used to introduce me. I, I spent, oh, I don't know, five or six or seven sessions at this firm, eventually training all of the attorneys and many of the paralegals in the firm. And he, there was a managing partner, who used to introduce me. Uh, he said, here's Stephen B. Levy. He wrote the book on the subject. He's going to talk to you for the rest of the day about common sense. And I loved it. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, and so, there is lack of knowledge, and corresponding with that is number four: a lack of skills. They just have never learned the particular skills, tips, techniques, and tricks that go to making up project management that make it possible to manage projects and i 'm going to cover three of the three or four three of these four things at the session i, I not much I can do about resistant lawyers i 'll maybe talk a little bit about some ways you can uh, involve them in helping them help themselves but I'll help with the knowledge. I'll help with the skills, and also talk a little bit about how you apply this when you don't really have the power. Because project management, good project management, is not necessarily a top-down thing. It is has to pervade the process, has to pervade the organization, bottom up as well as top down, middle out, whatever. It comes from everybody working toward a common goal, and that is the one thing that you do have going for you going in in terms of having power is that people do have a common goal in terms of helping the client and helping the lawyer be successful with that client.
0: Now, your philosophy seems to focus on simplifying the process behind project management. As you said, it's mostly common sense. So tell us a little bit about your approach.
1: Okay. First, as I said a minute ago, the technical project management is not truly applicable. What we've learned, and we've learned an amazing amount in putting up buildings and and, and building nuclear reactors and putting together airplanes, much of that in the specifics, the things that are taught, say, at a graduate-level college project management course, those are not directly applicable. However, all the principles, which we've been developing over about 2,500 years, ever since Hannibal managed to get those elephants across the Alps somehow, We've been learning the principles of project management. That is applicable. And so the principles aren't very hard. As they say, they're largely common sense. How do we apply those in the legal arena? That's number one. So that's that's fairly simple stuff. We're not going to have to learn to use Microsoft Project. In fact, I I love Microsoft Project. I've used it for years, but it's not very appropriate for most of this work. Um, If you already know how to use it, great. If not, you don't need it. You don't need buzzwords. You don't need special you've got the tools you need in outlook and word and use one note that's great if you're not you know it it works anyway uh, you don't need uh, you know a huge amount of special training you need some skills you need some knowledge but a lot of it is going to be based on what you already know how to do so that's number two we'll get to incremental improvement how do you make it a little bit better i'm not trying to get people to go from say a to a 10 on some mythical scale of project management let's go from a two to a four let's go from a three to a five or a six let's make a difference incremental improvement and that is not that hard if you're trying to climb this mountain it's overwhelming i just need to climb this foothill and i'll be able to see a lot further than i did when i was down in the valley that's achievable and that, that's one of the things that i want people to be able to to see and to do uh, number three is that in traditional project management There is very low variability. If I'm pouring a foundation, I know I need 142 yards of concrete to pour that foundation. Now, it might be 143, it might be 141, but it's not 160, it's not 90. Whereas in the legal arena, the variability is enormous. How long is it going to take to write this brief? Well, I don't know, a day, four days, somewhere in there. Um, Because I don't know what I'm going to learn. I don't know what I'm going to find on the way, and to some extent, You need to do it the other way around. You need to say, how much time can I afford to spend writing this brief? What is it worth to the project? Three days. Okay, it's a three-day brief. Uh, So the fact that there's high variability throws a lot of traditional project management out the window right then because there's no way to really deal with that. And so we need to use some common sense and apply it and take some of the lessons and say, how do we make this work? How do we turn things that are high variability into things that we can control, things that we can take charge of? And, again, that's part of what I'm trying to teach. And that is actually a lot simpler than figuring out how do you do things with extreme precision.
0: Right, and tools that you may or may not know how to use and having to get everyone up to speed on training. Now, the other side is the people. Project management has a lot to do with accountability. How does improving project management affect working relationships?
1: I think that's a great question. Uh, There are five things that you can manage, and you can manage the project, but you can manage time, you can manage money, you can manage the client, and the fifth is the people. You have the team. You have to manage all of those. And the worst project managers that I have worked with over the years, uh, both as somebody who's tried to mentor them and often as a customer or client to them, have been invariably those who are worst at managing the people. So building relationships, and that's something a legal administrator has to be good at. You have to do that because you're working from a position of not a lot of power. Therefore, if you're going to get things done, you have to do it by building strong working relationships. Uh, and most people have intuitively figured out how to do this or on the, they're on the path to, to doing it. Uh, Project management becomes a big part of that. As I said, a lot of this has to do with common sense. Common sense leads to accountability. I'm going to be accountable for the things that I do and the things that I can control and being then clear, what can I control and what can I not control? What can I take charge of? What can I make happen? What can I not do anything about? And so you look at the four causes of uh, of avoidable project failure, projects that go wrong from the start. Most projects, when they fail, if you look back, they, they didn't get off on the right direction to begin with. You look at communication failure, communication with the client, communication among the team, communication with management. Projects fail because of misjudged risks and costs. And project not legal risks, of course. We're talking specifically about project risks. Project fail when you misjudge the project risks, which often comes because you didn't take them into account to begin with. And then poor team leadership. And all of those are directly tied to both accountability and to working relationships. You can't have good team leadership, and leadership doesn't necessarily come from the top. People can lead from the middle. There are times when people lead from the bottom. Leadership is about working relationships. Misjudge risks and costs. If you don't know who you're working with, you don't know what they can do, you don't know what else is on their plate, you don't understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, then you're going to you know, perforce misjudge the risk, not understand the risks and, and the attendant costs. And that's working relationships. Communication value. Of course, if you learn to communicate, and there are specific communication skills that I will teach uh, in terms of understanding how other people communicate, there are people who are born brilliant communicators, but most of us can learn to be good communicators. That's obviously about working relationships. And the fourth cause, project being wrong from the start, is not directly attributable to poor relationships, but it often is about people just not talking at the beginning, about not getting everybody on the same page. So if you focus on how do we get everyone on the same page, how do we make sure we know where we're going, what, what done looks like, that also goes to building working relationships.
0: This has been a fantastic preview. What can listeners expect from your conference session? Out of more than eighty-five sessions at our conference this spring, what makes yours stand out? Well,
1: I can't speak to the other great sessions, but uh, I can tell you that mine will be—it'll be high energy, it'll be entertaining. If you like bad jokes, it'll be funny. Uh, it will be practical. Excellent. I'm going to be talking about stuff that you can actually implement when you leave the conference. You can implement it that night when you go back and try and catch up on email. Uh, and you'll also learn you know, to manage projects with less work, less stress, learn to minimize the risks, and learn how you have a feeling of accomplishment really plays into all of this. It's not just you know, learning, to, learning to have these feelings of accomplishment, which is sometimes something in itself, but actually figuring out what you can accomplish. How do I make a difference? How do I get from that two to a four, from a three to a six on, on my mythical scale? So my commitment is that I'm going to show you things that you realize you always sort of knew, you didn't know what to do with it. You didn't know how to make it actually work. I'm going to, I promise that I'm going to make those things available, and I think, based on what I've seen in the past, people will take to them, and they will take those away and be able to do something with them. Now, this is not one-size-fits-all. There isn't going to be oh, one great revelation that everybody's going to get, but there are going to be a bunch of things that you can take away, two or three of them that you can do tomorrow, and your two aren't going to be the same as her two, and they're not going to be the same as his two or three. Also, there is a side session that I'm doing in the podcast uh, the pseudo-Ted Talks, uh, called 10 Minutes to Better our Meetings. Our Bold bite session. Mm-hmm. Bold, bold bite. that's right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I shouldn't use that T-word. Um, that's probably copyright. <laughs> but uh, the T-word I'll use is 10 Minutes to Better Meetings, because everybody loves meetings. We just love wasting our time in meetings, right?
0: Oh, yes. Uh,
1: and if that's you, <laughs> then, then don't come to the session, unless you want to hear some of the same bad jokes, or <laughs> uh, maybe different bad jokes. But in 10 Minutes... I will teach you how to have meetings that actually work. It's not that hard, and most of the literature out there is wrong. Take it from somebody who has done this for years, for a living at a company that was, it, Microsoft was incredibly meetings heavy, and eventually with the help of the people that I worked with, we figured out how to have effective meetings that started on time, that ended early, and that got stuff done, and I will share that with you.
0: Sounds like a miracle. Stephen Levy, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us, and thank you so much to our listeners out and subscribers out there. Learn more about our annual conference and expo and register at ac2016.alanet.org. That's ac2016.alanet.org. Until next time.